0: today we are going to talk about faith hallelujah we're going to continue from where person left last time he made a very brief introduction of faith we're going to continue over a series of weeks talking about faith. We want to talk about faith because without faith there is no salvation. Without faith there is no salvation because if you have not believed you will not be saved but when you believe then there is salvation, If you have not believed, you cannot be declared righteous by God. And when you are not declared righteous by God, you cannot come into His presence. Then that means you will never get into heaven. Because only the righteous come to God's presence in heaven. And only those that believe, that have faith, because they have trusted Jesus, are declared righteous. And therefore they can come in the presence of God. Amen? We were practicing that this morning. Don't let that practicing of coming in the presence of God end down the lane where you will not get to heaven. I am going to heaven. Amen. Amen. You must come with me. Hallelujah. I said I am going to. And you must come with me. Praise the Lord. I am trusting God to do that. Hallelujah. Because when I get into heaven, I will see you. And we will have a very nice conversation around the table with Jesus Christ and all the saints. Peter, and Paul, and James, and Moses will be there as well. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. James, your namesake, will be there. Amen. Yes. And speaking a word of faith into somebody's life today, yes. that believe that you are going to heaven. Yes. And if you believe you are going to heaven, then believe that you are going to take and walk those steps. Yes. Take that path that is going to make it possible for you yes. to arrive in heaven, yes. to arrive in God's presence. Yes. But before you get there, there are steps that you need to take. In yes. those steps, I can only say they are steps of faith, because you take those steps only and on only one condition that you believe it is possible. You take those steps because you believe it is possible. If you didn't believe it is possible, you wouldn't have taken any step. But because you believe it is possible, you take a step. And one step leads to another step. And the third one leads to the fourth one. Before you realize you achieve what you have believed was possible. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says gives us a very nice definition of faith. The whole chapter is about faith. And it says that faith is being sure of what we hope for. Faith is being sure, being sure. You see, as a scientist, I never talk of being sure until something has been tested several times and has given the same results, okay? If an experiment has not been done a thousand times and come up with the same results, I can never say this is sure. But when it has been experimented and done again and again and again, a thousand times and you always get the same results, then you can say, I am very sure. Faith is telling us a completely different thing. Something that you have not tested, something that you have not put in the crucible and ground it into powder and added water to it and added acid to it and titrated it, something that you haven't done this, it has not gone through the examination of evidence gathering. You have not put your researchers in the field, to gather the evidence and say this person indeed he committed this crime because we found his DNA on that girl. You have not done that. And yet you say, I am sure. That is what you call faith. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it is so is because it is directed at one person who is more than sure. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Yeah. Our faith is in one person who is more than sure. There is nothing else to describe him other than he is above sure. Amen? Amen? He is above certainty. He is above guarantee. He is above confidence. Whatever term you can use to qualify that which you can use and say, this is sure, that person is above all those things. Okay. His name is Jesus. Amen. So because our confidence and our trust is in Him, we can say I have hope that I will have eternal life. I have hope that I am going to get married. I have hope that I am going to have a boy or a son. Somebody is laughing about that because they are I'm getting married. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I have hope that I am going to achieve my master's. I have hope that I am going to get a PhD program. Because you have placed your confidence in Jesus. So that is that faith is based on, not empty words, not empty uh, fanciful thinking. No, believers, we don't do fanciful thinking. People of God do not do fanciful thinking. We think of concrete things. They are concrete because our God is more than concrete. He is more. Do you know what is concrete? <laughs> concrete. How many of you have done building before? They have not worked in the building industry. You see, these are stones. But under this stone lies concrete. They mix cement, sand, and water. And of course, they usually, they usually put a reinforcement, which is made of steel. And they pour it down and they call it concrete. Concrete. And then when it dries, it's very difficult to do what to break. Our God is more than concrete. He is more than solid. That is why when we believe, when we put our trust in Him, we are hundred percent certain that the things that He has spoken will surely come to pass. So I'm just laying the foundation a little bit so that you can understand how certain your faith is when you talk about I believe this is going to happen. Yeah. So Hebrews 11 verse 1 is saying faith is being sure of the things we hope for and certain of what we do not see. (laughs) What's wrong with these people? Things that you do not see, you are certain about it. Then there's something special about you. You haven't seen it, but you are certain that it is. It is. When you are certain of something, you are more than convinced. You are very, 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 very authoritative in your claim when you say, I am certain. And that is because you have encountered somebody who can never disappoint. When you have encountered Jesus, He will never disappoint. That is why, uh, for me, coming to church on Sunday is for only one reason. (laughs) To encounter Jesus. Hallelujah. I mean, I will try to encounter him in my room. I will try to encounter him in the car. I will try to encounter him in the train. But when I meet with all of you like this, then I want to encounter him more. Amen? So yeah, it's good. Let's come together every Sunday and encounter Jesus. Not to come and, we are not coming to him to solve our problems he can solve it also when we are in our bedroom amen? Yeah. he can solve it when you are in your car just talking to him, he will speak to your mind ah. amen yeah. but when we come here we want to join hands together and encounter Jesus collectively yeah. so that when you go away from here, your soul and your spirit is once again refilled to the very maximum where you can say oh, it was a wonderful time to get to meet with my brethren again. Uh, next week you will have more Bible study on that. But let me just give you a small hint on what is going to happen. You are coming here to meet Jesus. Master Jesus. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. The one who says yes and nobody can say no. We sing that song. When Jesus says yes, nobody can say no. The reason why it is so is because he has proven time and again that his word it's true. It is certain. When he speaks, it will come to pass. So let me illustrate a little bit so that you can understand this really, really carefully. I lived in Calt before. It's a village down uh, under the river Mass. And that's where my last two were born. The second was about two years old. and that house had a balcony in the backyard, so I was standing up on the balcony, and my daughter was uh, outside. She was about two years, and I said, "Gabi," I was looking for that picture, but I couldn't find it. I thought I had a digital, but in those days there were no digital cameras yet, so I couldn't find it. I thought I show it to you. I said, "Gabi," and she looked up to me, and she said, "Yeah, papa." And I said, "Stretch up your hands, let me carry you." What do you think, Gabby did? She
1: said she run for
0: me. Eh? She did.
1: Yeah.
0: Praise the Lord. That's about three meters high. Eh? I'm standing on the balcony three meters high. She's down there on the ground. I said, can I be straight around let me carry you? And she did. Why do you think she did? Why do you think I did? She trusted. She trusted Papa can do it. She did not think of what? The distance. She didn't think of the difference in space. She didn't know what three meters is. It's two, three meters is way down there. Papa will have to stretch his hands three meters to be able to reach me. She couldn't think about that. She had no such imagination. So all she did was, yes, and lifted her hands. Am I explaining something to you? That is what faith means. Faith does not talk about distance. It doesn't say God is too far away from me or I am too far away from God. Faith does not recognize barriers. Faith does not recognize risk. You know, we we are taught to uh, calculate everything carefully. We are going to make this decision. You have to she does that always, she's going to guide people to, uh, into setting up a business plan. They say, what are the risks that it is going to fail? What are the risks that this will not happen? Then they calculate everything.
1: Risk
0: analysis. Faith <laughs> Fate does not recognize risk. <laughs> there is no risk analysis. Fate simply says jump, and you jump. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Faith says what? Jump. When it says jump, you do what? No questions asked. Praise the Lord. It doesn't mean that if I tell you to climb this building tomorrow and you climb and I say jump, then you jump. Praise the Lord. Because some of you are heavier than me. If you jump, I don't know. But maybe we can move half faith. That when you jump, my hands, all of a sudden, become the 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 Samson hands that can catch you. Hallelujah! Amen! Amen. Amen. But then, it must be according to the instruction of the word of God. When God has spoken to me clearly, and has spoken to you clearly, when you are standing on that building, (laughs) now you should (laughs) jump. Praise the Lord! Then you can jump. Amen! Amen. Because that one is impossible for you to fall on the ground. Hallelujah! But faith is not that unreasonable. Faith is very, very reasonable. Because it listens carefully to what has God said. The devil said to Jesus on the in the temple right, in Jerusalem, Oh, jump from here and God will catch you. Yeah? Enjoy the afternoon. Yeah, thank you. And then what did Jesus said? And it is true that God says if I jump, he will catch me. But he also says I shouldn't do what? I shouldn't tempt him. See how faith is reasonable? It doesn't apply only one side of the world. It looks at both sides of the coin. Amen? So, have I laid the foundation? Okay, now let's go to, let's put on the pillars. Praise the Lord. So today we'll be here for long. Uh, But don't worry. Your long time is going to be just five minutes. So let me tell you uh, something interesting. When you have put your confidence in God, you are saying it will happen. When you have put your confidence in Jesus, you are saying it will happen. I know it will happen. I know it will happen. Will you get up every morning and tell yourself that? Repeat that to yourself. Every morning. Get up and repeat, yourself, repeat to yourself what the word of God says. It will happen. I remember in January. I think January was the last time that I was preaching here. Eh? Was uh, we were talking? We, sp- we started speaking then about speak a word and it will be established from Job twenty-two. You remember? How many of you were here then. Declare any word and it will be established. So get up every morning and declare that word. Declare what it is that you believe in concerning what God has declared and it will happen because God's word never fails. So Jesus Christ is, um, if you look in Mark chapter five, there's a story about somebody coming to Jesus. Mark chapter five, verse 27. What does he say? From verse 27. And when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touch his cloak. And then verse 28 says, What? Yes. She was making a fake declaration. If I touch his cloak, I will be. That's the declaration I want you to, take to, to, to declare to yourself every day. Is there any infirmity in your body? Say, If I touch the cloak of Jesus, I will be healed. And please, do your part. Extend your hand. He didn't say, if I touch the cloak of Jesus, and then she was sitting down there, doing nothing. No, she pressed on, and pressed on, until she was at a point where she could touch the cloak of what? Yes. So don't just speak the word and sit down there. Talk it. When you speak it, take the step that will ensure that you really, actually, reach the garment of Jesus, and touch it. What means you need to get closer to... You need to get closer to Jesus, otherwise you can never touch His cloak. You can never touch His garment. And getting closer to Jesus means abandoning everything in yourself, about you, that is a stumbling block to getting close to Jesus. That means walking away from sin, walking away from worldliness, walking away from laziness, some of us are becoming too lazy these One hour, six o'clock for us to pray. Sometimes, even when they answer, they will see Miss Nora, You can hear that one. <laughs> Wake up! Start to get close to Jesus. Do everything that you can do to do and to stand close to him. Because then you can touch his garment. If I can but touch his garment, I will get healed. That was based on faith. And how did she get that faith? She had heard. What do you hear? You hear the word. What do you hear? Yes. That's what you hear. And when you hear the word, and you believe it, and you act on it, there will be results. She believed what she heard about Jesus. Do you believe what you hear about Jesus? Everything about Jesus, everything that you hear about Jesus. If you believe and you walk on it, you follow it, it will definitely happen. And the second thing is that whatever God has promised, we know will certainly come to pass. If you don't know it, you can try it. I'm giving you a challenge. If you don't know it, it will certainly come to pass, you take that challenge. Go and read in the word of God. Anything that Jesus has spoken. Challenge God and say, God, you have said this about me. I want to see if it is going to come to pass. So God, show me. Go and do it. Try it. And you see what will happen. He has done that several times to me, so I know what I'm telling you. Anything that God has promised in his word concerning me, it has come to pass and many more are still coming. So I know it is true, but don't take my word for it. Go and test it yourself. That's what scientists will always say. Go and do what? Test it yourself. Go and prove it. So when Paul went and he spoke to the people in the, in the city of Berea, they didn't just go back and that was it. They went back and they looked at the word of God to see if they can confirm everything that Paul was doing what? Telling them, go and do the same thing. Because those guys were called they were described as being noble. Noble in the sense that they didn't just take his word for what he said, but they did everything to prove that what he was saying was true. In Hebrews 11 verse 11. So Abraham heard from God. Yeah? Abraham heard from God. I will make you a father of many nations. Is that so? Is that true? Did Abraham hear that from God?
1: Yes.
0: And what did he do? Eh? What did Abraham do? Abraham believed that it would come to pass. Is that true? Yes. And then he sat down and waited for it to happen, right? Yes. Through faith also. Sarah herself received strength to conceive and was delivered. A child when she was past age because she died, him. She died, who? God. Faithful, who had? Mm-hmm. Is this the one who spoke, the one who said something is a person that you believe who fulfill his promise. So Sarah was a very old lady. How old was Sarah again? 90. What? Ninety-nine. Ninety? Yeah. Ninety? years. Yeah. Was she ten years younger than Abraham? Yeah. <laughs> and she had a lot of problems. I just tried to find out what kind of problems Sarah could have been facing. I tried to find out. Because in those days, they say barren, they we don't understand what barren means. Today, science has shown us why when a woman is not giving birth. So I decided to find out. And uh, I came up with a number of problems that, two major problems. There are two major problems. Other uterus problems or ovarian problems. Yeah? One had nine, the other one had eight. How many are those in combination? In total? Eight times, uh, eight times nine. 72. In other words, if, I mean, let me bring your mind a little bit. Each central problem can be connected to the other. Nine different ways. Are you understanding me? Mm-hmm. So if you multiply that, you get 72. Then I tried to find out, how can you solve those 72 problems? There were 11,000 different ways in which you can solve those 72 problems. More <laughs> <coughs> than 11,000? 11,520, to be precise. Sarah could have been facing any of those situations. And she was indeed. And at 90, she still didn't have the baby. But when God said, you will get a child next year by this time, in spite of all the 11,520 problems that she was facing, the different different solutions that would have come up, God said, and if God said that it must come to pass, all those 11,000 solutions were washed aside and Sarah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. Now we know Abraham was fatahed. There's no doubt about that because we know 17 years earlier on, <laughs> praise the Lord. Abraham had done the unthinkable. Amen? He went and had a baby with, with, with Hagar. Well, by the way, with the permission of Sarah. Isn't that true? Yeah. That is also true. Yeah. But we know Abraham was better, even though he was old. But Sarah, nothing could happen in that baby because she was barren. But God had a solution for all those problems. God has solutions for all your problems. Amen? Yeah. Do you want to agree with me God has problems, he has solution to every problem: woman, man, child, old man, even me, God has problems to my, uh, He has solution to all my problems. and I can always be grateful that he is a problem solver because every time a problem arises and I say, "Hey, what am I supposed to do?" there's always an answer. It was a very complex situation. And I said, what should I do? Then he came to me in and I said, don't take this step. Just a few weeks back. And I said, OK, Lord, I won't take that step. Now, it wasn't an evil step. It was a very reasonable, logical conclusion. In my mind, economically, scientifically, that was the best solution to take. God said, no. So I said, yes, Lord, I won't do it. So your, your logic can be good. Your reasoning can be perfect, but what does God say? Mm-hmm. That you obey that. Yeah? Then, let me quickly uh, move to this other point. Faith can be very interesting in the sense that it is described as weak or strong, big or small. Do you, do you remember? Jesus often used these descriptions of faith to his disciples. Eh? Are ye of weak faith or ye of small faith? Especially the he was in the boat with them and there was storm. Right? Is it Mark 27? That story about Jesus in the, in the boat and then them sleeping. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked them. What they cried and said, Ah, why are we going to drown and why are you sleeping? He said, uh, What happened to you guys? Don't you have faith at all? Now Faith can be small, but it can also be strong. Today, what I want you to understand is don't choose the weak faith. Choose the strong one. Decide that I want to make my faith strong. I want to take every step that will make my faith strong. And that means two things digging deep into the Word of God, and two, praising and glorifying God always. What are the solutions to making your faith strong? Digging deep into the Word of God. And two, Praise. praising and glorifying God. Always. Always. And that's a very good economic student. <laughs> when the two things don't go together your faith, it's going to be like this. Because you will have a lot of doubt. The Word of God takes away your doubts. The word of God assures you about what God says. The word of God reminds you about God himself. The word of God reminds you that he is certain. And as you keep on and constantly reminds yourself with the word of God, you will continue to see the great thing that God is able to do. That is cause for you to start to praise and worship God. In fact, uh, Bible tells us, let me find the verse for you, that Abraham's faith was strong because he praised and glorified God. Let me find out uh, which verse was it. Uh, this thing is gone black again. Don't mind technology. You should have written my paper. I should have written everything on paper, isn't it? <laughs> eh? It's better. Oh, it is there already. Ah! Very good. That's the verse. Because he did what? He gave glory to God. Romans 4 and verse Abraham kept on praising God. That was the source for strength of his faith. One God has promised. Abraham believed God's promise, and because of that, he kept on praising and glorifying God. So his faith was made strong. His faith was made strong. I want my faith to be strong every day. I need your faith to be strong every day, because there's a very big battle we must win. That battle is to overcome the enemy's stronghold in this part of the that we can win the people here to Jesus. That's our task as a church here in Bafni and in Kerala to win the people here to Jesus. The reason why it's important is let me give you some small statistics. Holland uh, on is 17.12 something million inhabitants, and just under 2 million of those 17 million go to church or to a mosque once a week. So you know how many people are not going to church then? 15 plus million have no religious affiliation. So we want to change that. Amen? Amen. We want to do what? We want to change that. Incredible. And how do we do that? By strengthening our faith so that our love for God becomes even stronger, so we can move out with that word into our community. Amen? Amen. That's the reason why we need strong faith. There's the reason why our faith must be made strong. What's the consequence of our faith? Well, I already mentioned that in the beginning, that we become certain of our salvation, and we become righteous. That's the consequence of our faith. But, it also makes others, this is the third one, it makes others see that our belief in God is not in vain. Do you want people to see that your belief in God is not in vain? You can only prove that by your faith. You can only prove that by how you demonstrate your faith in your God. So don't only get certain about your salvation, don't only get certain about the fact that I'm going to come before God righteous, but establish this. The people around you will see God at work and glorify His name. That's the biggest thing you can ever do for God. I mean, you can give... uh, thousands of euros for people to do the work of God in one way or the other, print material, uh, distribute Bibles. But the biggest thing you can do is for people to see God's glory in your life. It will have the biggest impact on society than any other thing. And it can happen only and only when your faith in God remains established, when it remains and continues to grow strong, and when you constantly continue to declare that faith, no question in my mind the people are going to see who God is in your life. And I mean, there could be small steps that you take that you take, small steps, like inviting your neighbors to come and, and dine with you and sharing uh, tea or coffee with them. and then you say a word of prayer, and they are like, "Oh." There are some students in my place, and they were going to eat, and I said they want to pray before we eat. They said, oh, he had already put some potato in his mouth. <laughs> he said, oh, sorry. Then he stopped eating, and then we put it together. He respected that value of prayer. And I said, well, we we'll always do this because we want to thank God for the food he has given us. we don't just so we are always grateful. Small steps. To conclude, let me say you tell you this. Which is your faith? Is it a weak one? Or is it a strong one? And are you going to take (coughs) those steps that are enumerated? If you don't want to take all of them, take only two. Digging deep in the word and glorifying God every moment, every day of your life. Just those two. And there are several opportunities to build your faith in digging the Word. You can listen to the Word of God here, like I was doing this morning, or earlier this afternoon, 15 minutes uh, opening up the Word of God. You can listen to the sermon here. Uh, By the way, when you go home also, you can listen to all our sermons on SoundCloud because they are all stored up there in SoundCloud. Uh, So you can listen to the sermons over and over again. If you don't have SoundCloud, you can install it. It's very simple. You can attend our Home groups. We have home groups scattered all throughout the city. Elton, now that you have moved to Anamu, a, where are the Lambari people meeting? No place yet. Soon. Soon we will establish another place. And then you will make another one in Ani. But there are several others. There's one in Bonson's Day, Hovestine, Noodle, Dyecraft, and uh, Venida. In- is that one in Aida? I don't know. But there are these places that you can go to during the week and have one hour Bible study. And sometimes they eat together. I hear Elisha doesn't know how to cook, so people come to the but, uh, but you can uh, you can eat together and have share the word of God. It's always important. You can do all these things. Then you can you have moments of praying together also. We have all night every first Friday of the month. Or we have Monday evening prayer here for one hour, seven to eight. And early morning. We are praying together from five uh, six o'clock until six thirty. By the way, people, all of you who are on the Skype during the holidays, you have all gone to sleep. Only four or five people are always coming. From Monday, from tomorrow onwards, I want to see all of you online. Okay, James, you heard what I said. Yes. Good. Because we want to ensure that we are encouraging one another to build our faith a level where jesus will say our faith is strong and only we can do that only we can strengthen one another hallelujah the last thing i will say and that we are going to close is when your faith becomes strong you have every opportunity every opportunity to be your very best in god's kingdom. that's what we desire for everyone so what is faith if I may summarize, it's believing that that which doesn't exist will actually come to pass in your life. Amen? Amen. That's the first thing. And how does it come? Because the Word of God says so. And because God has said so, it will surely come to pass. But that doesn't mean we should just leave everything there. We should build our faith by digging deep into His Word by praising and glorifying Him every day. Do we want to do that together? If we want to do that, let's rise up. We're going to sing a song in which we want to make a commitment to God. That commitment is a prayer. In which you say, Lord, what I want to do. Until now, my faith hasn't been strong because I haven't taken those steps necessary or needed to make my faith strong. And I'm making a commitment today. That commitment is to seek you more than I've sought you before. I want to seek you more than I've ever sought you before. That's the the commitment you want to make today. So while they say this, so I want to pray that prayer. And if you want to say, Okay, I want us to pray together. I want you to help, I want you to join me in praying that prayer. You want you can come forward, I'll pray with you. To say, Lord, my sister, my brother has for a long time not taken the steps necessary. As of today, mm. he's making that commitment. Help him, help her. Mm. So that you leave this place different mindset. Leave this place with a different heart. Leave this place with the assurance that your faith is never, never going to remain the way it has been for the last months, years,
1: whatever.